on maynard.com.au. AU! Just get into it. Row, row, row your boat gently up your stream. It's Bunga Bunga 56. 56 Bunga Bunga? Tell me again. That's the voice of Tim Ferguson. And that's the voice of Maynard. Tim, Tim, it's 2020. What are we going to do? Well, we've got to make a new Bunga Bunga just to get the whole year underway. It's already half over. People have been driving past me yelling, where's the Bunga Bunga? Well, I think that's what the... It's hard to tell. Yeah, a guy told me the other day, hey, mate, get Bunga Bunga, and then kept... I, it was making strange hand gestures. Tim's looking great. He's been to the Syrian barber again, haven't you? I have been to the Syrian barber. It's great because you've got to move quickly. You've heard of blood diamonds. Tim has a conflict haircut. Yeah, it's a conflict haircut. But it's the same conflict haircut. People often say, why do you have the same haircut that you had when you were five years old? It's quicker. We are really ready for this year. Bunga Bunga News. It's actually been a very busy period. I've been painting, painting, painting and writing, writing, writing because while people have Christmas holidays and do things like lie on the beach, go and visit relatives and all those sort of nightmarish things, I figure it's a good time to get the jump on them and get stuff done. Yeah, there's paint all over your arm. I thought you'd injured yourself. There's red paint or something. I've got a whole new range of paintings and, of course, I've been writing a new live show which is called The Art of Funny, The Art of How to Be Funny, getting ready for a year of touring. All this without wearing pants, Maynard. It's a powerful symbol. You will be opening that show in Perth? Yes, I'll be going to the Perth Fringe World Festival. Fringe World, I'm not sure why they call it Fringe World. But getting back to your haircut, Tim. That is why Flacco had a hard time getting into the <laughs> festival until he put his curl on, in which case he did technically have a fringe. If you're in Perth, then you've got to go and see the Sandman and Flacco. And they're still funny, certainly to look at. We'd like to welcome a new member of the Bunga Bunga family. I'd like you to introduce who we've got here. This is Kitler 2. That's right, Kitler 2, a bit like the second Titanic. You never thought you'd see it, but there is a new Kitler. He's rambunctious and is a cat, keeps to himself a lot of the time has a lot of conservative politics, just like the other Kitler. He's not making active plans to invade parts of Europe. He just has faith that the invasion of parts of Europe is being taken care of. From time to time, he will walk across our notes, and he has been known to sit on your head, Tim. Yes, he will sit right on top of the head as some sort of bizarre scalp-warming effort. Good on you, Kitler, too. He's very charming to look at. He's always trying to participate in the making of artworks, which I do appreciate. <laughs> Adds a touch of the random and a few swear words to the process. If you had the problem of him actually laying down on the artwork while it's still wet and then you've got a painted cat. Too smart, Maynard. Oh. He's one step ahead. That was my greatest fear, that <laughs> there would be trouble. But no, no, he knows the best way to screw up a painting is to smear your black hairs against oh. it. 
Tim, I went to the last night of the Sydney Hellfire Club after 27 years. They shut the door and threw down their whip. Tell me about the Sydney Hellfire Club. What is that? Is that what they say it is? Yeah. Been going since 1993. It was on every Thursday at Black Market and it's been at 13 different venues, 700 different shows over the years and they've just decided, ah, it's just a bit too much. Good on those people for liking a bit of smacky smacking on the bot bot. Shout out to Master Tom and Ultra. I also did New Year's Eve gig with Kids in the Kitchen. Brian Mannix, Sean Kelly from The Models, Boom Crash Opera, a whole bunch of people. It was great. Tell me once again about the Hellfire thing. Does it go underground now? Surely if you like being smacky-smacky on the bot-bot, you want to keep it up. You can go to private parties and places now, not licensed clubs. Uh, uh, Kitler too, stay away from the keyboard. Yeah, you can do that now. You don't really need to go because licensed premises in New South Wales, there's things you can't do in them, which you can do at private clubs. So they've taken the market away from them. So one last question about these private clubs, <laughs> Maynard. Do you mean a private club like in a suburban home? This oh, could be happening right now uh, next door. There's one at the warehouse in Annandale, actually, Tim, at the very next suburb to where we are. You need a warehouse for it. So there's a very large group of people who like getting a smack smack on the bot bot in front of a large group of people. Sometimes there's some dancing as well. Well, how is Peter Dutton going to stop this? That's my next question. He can't as there's no licensing involved. So you've just got a whole bunch of people attending a party. Surely the whole gay marriage crisis furor, yawn, where society was going to end, he isn't really addressing the thing that the deep conservatives, the hardcore outright, are really concerned about, and that's the people going out for a bit of a smacky-smacky. There were between six and 700 people at the final night at the Universal there in Oxford Street. It was a huge night. That's the end of society. That's enough people to bring a grinding halt to everything that is good in society. you got Hillsong, or Hill Twang, as I call them, on one side then on the other side you've got the smacky smacky bot bot people i'm not sure who's going to win but the battle will be joined i think there might have been a few of on the more conservative side of politics there occasionally doing their thing uh, not wanting to be known so if you've got a bank that is not being responsive to your requests westpac westpac (laughs) just go in and say where do you want it baby where do you want it Although it would be hard to find a Westpac branch at the moment as they seem to have shut most of them. It's very difficult being Westpac at the moment considering all of the very bad things that they've done. The problem with closing a lot of the banks is if you've got actual physical money to launder, it's going to be more difficult to get it to a branch. That's quite right, Maynard. It's very difficult. You've got to go to the casino, then you've got to... We've been pretending to run a restaurant for six months. We've got a lot of cash here to launder. There's only so many coins you can put into a poker machine before your arm gets tired. I've got a gig coming up with Shudo Echo. The Mez Bar in Walls End, 7th of March. That's the next gig I've got coming up. And I'm also doing something at the Newcastle Fringe Festival. I bet you didn't even know there was one, Tim. The Newcastle Fringe Festival. It only goes on for one weekend at the end of March, and I'm doing their closing party. And it's all the local acts, musicians. Yep. Yep. Got three venues it's across, five shows at each of those three venues, 15, 20 shows over the weekend, all local. For a smaller community, where the Doug Anthony All-Stars started in Canberra, and you think, what, why would you even go to Canberra, it's always a really good place 
to find new acts because you're sort of off-Broadway. You can be crap for a, quite a while, then get your act together. I bet you a lot of those acts will be really top-notch. Time, Tim, that we should look at our crank mail because I put out the call, the clarion call. Yeah! And I've got to thank our Patreons and I'd like to welcome Greg. Greg is also a new person who's joined us on the Patreon. We've got a very weird Bunch of crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Tony Push, first of all, wants to know, is it okay to taunt the apocalypse? And if so, is a plastic water bottle better than drinking from the tap? Uh, fantastic. Don't ask me why I asked that. Plastic water bottle, always better than drinking from the tap. Nothing taunts the apocalypse more than preparation. People make jokes about the people preparing for the apocalypse. I've got a couple of mates who seriously have large amounts of water and food, weapons, CB radios, all ready to go for the apocalypse, which drives the apocalypse nuts. How's it supposed to remove everyone from the planet if they keep organising themselves. So good on you. I think that's a very good question. Shell Lancaster has asked, what's the best way to get the animal population back up? Play Barry White music in the bush. There's many times that we've loved and we've shared love and made love. Had the candle at dinner. Both excellent ideas. Probably not the candles. Don't light the candles. And she's actually a wildlife carer. You'd think she would have thought about this. Don't light the candles. Just have them on the table with some nice mild snacks. You can also provide a few bits of jewellery that the bowerbirds can give to each other to try and entreat each other. And as well as Barry White, I suggest you play this music. Tim, what's the best music for animal breeding, in your opinion and experience? Certainly for animalistic breeding, I've always put this on. (laughs) There's some ideas for you there, Shell. Good luck and good on you for working with injured animals because there's a lot to work with at the moment. Crank mail! Sierra writes, question for Tim, was Charlotte's hair too shiny that day? And there's the photo of Charlotte. It's a sex and the city question. Oh, yes. I don't think so. I think Charlotte's hair I can always be shinier. She is, in Sex and the City, the brightest, the buttoniest, the most adorable of the quartet. Essentially, she gets to hang with Kyle McLaughlin too. Well, that's true. She hangs with Kyle. She is basically, if you break down the quartet, the Betty White of the Golden Girls comic quartet. It is a comedy. It is based upon the Golden Girls as Arrested Development is based upon the Golden Girls as well. Everything goes back to Betty White. So Charlotte can have her hair whatever way she likes, because if you ask virtually any heterosexual man which of the four women he likes, he will say Charlotte without thinking. Maybe her blush is a bit much, but then again, it could be a contrasty photo and it was the 90s. It's important to note that he will say Charlotte without thinking should be taken literally and figuratively. So what did everybody do last night? I don't want to talk about it. Why, what happened? You sleep with someone on the second date? No, it was the third date. Do you think I'm a whore? Oh, please, if you're a whore, what does that make me? (laughs) Crank mail. That was crank mail from the people through our Bunga Bunga Facebook page, which you should be a member of. On the email through the maynard at maynard.com.au, Neil wants to know, 
Why do urinal cakes only smell marginally better than actual urine? Tim. It's an age-old question. That is a great question. How many people have stood there and asked themselves, this is as good as it gets? Because to fix the smell, we have these urinal cakes, but it's not really raising the bar. The median scent is still under par. Do you think that they stopped the R&D on urinal cakes in around about the 50s sometime? They just thought, oh, that's it. We're not going to bother working on this to make them any better. They tried putting in scented oils, but if you think about it, scented oils just remind you of hippies, which remind you of the scent of urine. Speaking of the scent, did you see that on Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop site that has all sorts of alternative wacky stuff, she's released a candle. The candle is called, This Smells Like My... Hang on. What's she been doing with the candle? Someone on work experience was going, hey, we've got these candles in. Can you think of a name for them? "Ah, Smells like my... It was inputted before they had time to correct it. And does it sell this candle? Well, it's $75 American a candle. I would advise if you are in the market for a candle, Honey Burdette have ones that are $50 or less and their candle can also be used as massage oil and they have a one that's got the mixed scent of coffee and vodka, which, no offence to Gwyneth, but I think I'd rather have that scent. Qantas candles smell like kerosene and can be used as a flotation device. You've been listening during the in-flight instruction, haven't you? Well, somebody has to. I always feel sorry for the poor stewards and stewardesses who stand there going through the motions when everybody's gormlessly looking at the television and they're putting on the mask and they're putting on the floaties. They're blowing the whistle. I always look at them and smile just so they feel like somebody is watching the damn show. So always watch them as they tell you what will happen in the unlikely event that you are going to plummet screaming. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? And also always accept the free stuff. I was kind of on the side of that steward that had just had enough one day and pulled the emergency slide and and got off the plane first when it landed. He'd had a cow of a day. A JetBlue flight attendant got into an argument with a passenger during their arrival at New York's JFK airport. That passenger wanted to retrieve her luggage from an overhead compartment as the plane was taxiing to the gate. While Slater was pleading with the woman to return her bag, a piece of luggage smacked him in the head. He asked for an apology. She refused. That's when witnesses say Slater lost it telling off the entire plane, cursing at passengers from the intercom. His profanity-laced tirade ended with a quote, I've been in this business for 28 years. I've had it. That's it. Slater swung open the plane's side door and rode the evacuation chute down to the tarmac, hopped on the airport's air train shuttle back to the parking lot and drove home. He just pulled the emergency slide and got off. How many of you, about 2 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, if there was an emergency slide at your work, would pull it and just get out of there? That's a very good point. The plane lands and everybody jumps up. Because I'm in the special category, I've got to sit and wait until people come and throw me over their shoulder and carry me off, which means I see everybody jump up and there is at least three minutes wait. Mm. So when a plane lands, stay where you are, you morons. Otherwise, you've got to stand around and start a conversation with the other people who stood up. It's very awkward. (laughs) 
And that wraps up Crank Mail. If you've got any questions or Crank Mail for the next Bunga Bunga, just go to the Bunga Bunga Facebook page, join up and ask a stupid question and we will provide you with a stupid answer. And I think we've successfully done that. But right now, Tim, it's time to put you in a place of history where you would never have thought you'd been and find out if you can make things better. It's Tim's Historical Hypothetical. You didn't tell me we were doing this. I'm completely unprepared. The time, 1929. 1929? That's my special year. The place, 10 Downing Street in London. Ah, 10 Downing Street in London. You are the Prime Minister and there's a problem with vermin. So you decide that it's time to make a cat a public servant and become the official mouser of 10 Downing Street. What kind of cat do you get and why? A lot of people would say just be practical and get the short-haired moggy. Unfortunately, it's London. It's freezing cold out there. So I would suggest a long-haired cat. One of your long-haired hippie cats with a snub-nosed face will always work better, makes them look more prime ministerial. You want a cat with the same personality as Winston Churchill, who had his own special needs when it came to cat. I think he had a cat called Wilberforce. Certainly one of the mouses was called Wilberforce. It had been known to attack dogs in the past, and he thought, that's the cat I want. Go, pussy, pussy. <coughs> you really want a cat who is built to kill and also built to stay warm. The current mouser at 10 Downing Street at this point is a cat called Larry. See, that's a cat you can trust. That's a cat that you know is not going to talk back. The answer is you better get a cat and you better get a good one. Better get a cat, better get a good one. You know the song. You better get a son. You better get a real good one. You better get a son. You better get a real good one. Tim's historical hypothetical. Tim. How was your areas that you used to live firewise over this summer? Lithgow, which is up near Blaney, had a bad experience with the fire. The fire really went through there, which kind of makes sense. There's a lot of bush around Lithgow, but it's very rare for a bushfire to be so big in that area. Everybody held their breath, but it seemed to go okay. But heart goes out to Lithgow, which is in recovery mode right now. Which brings us to Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. The Australian Independent Media News website claims some of us owe Scott Morrison a big apology. And the reason that they're saying that, Tim, you look shocked. I am shocked. The article is saying, and it goes through his entire career, and it says, given Scott Morrison's absolute inability to demonstrate empathy throughout his career and in most other jobs he's had, why on earth should anyone expect him to be any different now he's in government? After all, we did vote for him and we should have known what we were doing. For God's sake, the man's a politician. Show me a politician with empathy and I'll show you a person who is about to lose their seat. They only get their feelings back when they are about to lose. When suddenly they have to spend time with their money, sorry, their family. We can't expect a Prime Minister to do everything, including give a shit. If a Prime Minister gives a shit again, it's the same thing. It's pretty certain that they're about to lose. It's the moment when they start realising, oh, wow, all this stuff I've been doing in my office has effects outside of the office. Did you think all the vitriol that Scott Morrison copped on social media and everywhere else in Australia was warranted? 
Again, me, 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 me. There's a prime minister who can go where he wants. And also, as we discovered, when he did come back with his tail between whatever that is he's carrying around with him, all he could do was go and bother people who have just been through a crisis. People would say, yeah, but what about leadership? Leadership to where? These people aren't going anywhere. They've lost everything. We don't really need a prime minister with a whole bunch of media trailing after them, looking for a handshake, looking to pretend they've got that. Where did we start? Oh, yeah, empathy. They don't have empathy. Empathy stopped with Bob Hawke. Do you think there's any prime minister we've ever had that could have in that situation gone along and not been told to fuck off? Bob Hawke couldn't be, only because he was recognised as a hero by everybody else. But it's very rare for a Prime Minister. You look at Paul Keating, I don't think so. John Howard occasionally would get a thank you. Most of the time, these people are completely useless in a crisis sense. Wouldn't the Prime Minister be better off being in Hawaii for a lot longer period? This is a solution no one actually thought of. Yeah, yeah, send him to talk to the quiet Hawaiians for a couple of years. What about Gladys's performance, the Premier of New South Wales, and the lockout laws have also been released recently in Sydney? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the end of the world, isn't it? If you let Australians party and drink in the places where they like to party and drink, what next? Next you'll be giving them citizenship. Uh, that's Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much... Tim, I think we're going to finish with one of the great songs from the Coldest 100 that was featured on Planet Maynard only the other week. It's the 100 songs that go out at the same time as the Triple J Hottest 100, except there are songs by Australians or songs about Australia that are, shall we say, questionable. What a great idea, the Coldest 100. So I'm guessing that their list, as opposed to the Hottest 100, would have a lot more female musicians on it. Pretty much. Whereas the Hottest 100 usually only has 1% or 2%. I don't know. This year it had a song from Olivia Newton-John called You're a Dick. Sure look like a dick to me. That never turns up on Triple J. Again, that's a song about men. The Coldest 100. Got to check that out. Where do we find it? That's at Twitter, Oz Kitch. Oz Kitch, and it's all there. He put that up and they should be sitting there for a while and you can get on there and debate that and he'll certainly not listen to you. And so what are we about to listen to? This. Man, this is cold, Tim. This is totally cold. <laughs> You've been listening to Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunga.
fun episode, Tim. Yeah, can you tell me just a little bit more about this Hellfire Club? Smells like my vagina on maynard.com.au. Hey, you! Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.